Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And normally I am joined by my lovely sister and PIC Rye, who is the co-founder of Your Hormone Balance, our family business. But she had a very busy week actually working on a lot of exciting new things to come with Your Hormone Balance. So we decided to practice what we preach and give her the space she needs to get all of that done. And we can't wait to share everything that she's been working on and we've been working on. And speaking of hormones, the episode today is all about them. It's our favorite topic. And since I officially just graduated literally just last week from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's Hormone Health course and have been studying to specialize in the cycle syncing method, which we get into today, um, I was more than happy to chat it up with our guest today, Maddie Miles, who is the creator of Peace Love Hormones. And if you are all not familiar with Maddie, you definitely have to go give her a follow at the Maddie Miles on Instagram. I actually connected with her on Instagram and was just blown away by her content and specifically her reels because she delivers what could be sort of cut and dry scientific hormone information in the most entertaining, relatable, fun, funny way. And I think that's really what it's all about. If we want to educate, it needs to be exciting. It needs to be fun. It needs to be just something that we want to dive into and learn more about. And especially when it comes to hormones, they really rule everything. And that's why you're probably starting to notice more and more episodes pop up that have to do with hormones, because not only have those episodes on the podcast been some of the most popular so far, but because, you know, our mom is a hormone health educator, Candace Birch, the founder of our family business, and has always instilled in us that hormones are everything. And even though we didn't necessarily want to hear it growing up, like when you're 10 years old, you don't necessarily want to talk about hormone levels when you're trying to go out and play with friends. Um, but now that we've, you know, had our own struggles with imbalances and um, kind of those ups and downs during different pivotal moments of our life, we have become so impassioned by this topic as well. And seeing so many women that we've worked with see incredible results and just feel like themselves again, it's really, really motivating. And I mean, hormones control a lot. They control our overall well-being, our fertility, our energy levels, gut health, stress, our libido. So whether or not we are in the mood to even have sex, no matter whether we're attracted to our partner or not, um, our confidence levels are also controlled in a lot of ways by our hormones, which is so interesting and crazy to think about. So our hope is really to help all of you get more in tune with your beautiful bodies. So you feel empowered to start working with your body instead of against it, which unfortunately can happen via the influence of a lot of what's in the traditional medicine route or when following rigid diet and fitness culture advice that's honestly, just geared mostly towards men. And I know I've talked about in the past, my restrictive dieting days, that 10 plus years of yo-yo dieting, but I truly believe that that was the catalyst for my hormone imbalances, for losing my period and not getting it back for four years. Um, and I wouldn't have gotten it back had it not been for digital, diligently working to rebalance them via our family business. But restricting whole food groups like carbohydrates that are actually really important for ovulation and female health and, you know, restricting calories and over-exercising. Not only were all of those habits that I got into 
detrimental from a physical hormonal standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint, um, the stress of it, the guilt, the shame, all of that, it impacts you emotionally and mentally, which then impacts you physically and hormonally. So it's kind of this vicious cycle. And it wasn't until I made the choice to break free from that yo-yo cycle and to really learn what my body needed and was asking for. And I started to listen. I started to pay attention that things started to balance out. And of course, I still am working on certain imbalances within my body. You know, I'm trying to increase my testosterone levels because they are a little bit on the lower side, which we see in a lot of women. Um, but overall, I'm in such a better place and I'm so much more in tune with my body and happy. So this is one of the reasons that I wanted to have Maddie on the podcast because I absolutely love her approach to hormone balance and the fact that she focuses on the cycle syncing method, which we've actually had a guest on previously to talk about Lenise Brothers, which you can go back and listen to. It's an awesome episode as well, but it's an area that I'm becoming more and more passionate about and that I've started to implement in my life and has already been so such a game changer. Um, if you're not sure what the cycle syncing method is, don't worry, we're going to get into it in this episode, but it really is a way to learn about the four distinct phases of your menstrual cycle. These four phases where our hormones are changing and doing different things at different times to really help prep and prime us for a potential pregnancy. Our bodies are beautiful and honestly magical, and the fact that we're changing every like every day basically our hormones are doing something else but during these four distinct phases that we can start to learn how to eat how to move our bodies how to love the best ways to have sex the best ways to socialize how to elevate our career and success in a way that again like i said works with our bodies instead of follows what society is telling us we should be doing. There are so many people out there telling us what we should do to get results. And this is a way to tune in and start to nourish yourself from the inside out, understanding your unique hormones and what you are going to do best with. So cycle syncing is this incredible method that allows us to get very familiar with these four phases, um, to get familiar with our 28 to about 34, 35 day infradian cycle, which our cycle length can vary depending on the woman, depending on what our hormones are doing, but typically around 28 to 34, 35 days, um, which is so different than the male rhythm. The male have a 24 hour circadian clock that they operate and live by. So every 24 hours, their hormones are essentially doing the same thing. We are not that way. So in following a very male dominated set of rules for what we should eat and how we should exercise is not going to make us feel the way that we deserve to feel is not going to be optimal. If we want to have a child, if we want to have amazing energy levels, if we want to succeed in our jobs or our side hustles or our duties as a mother, you know, um, because that is a job in and of itself. And as mothers, we can also use the cycle syncing method. I say we, as if I'm a mother, I am not a mother. I am a dog mama, but, um, mothers can use the cycle syncing method to, you know, show up in the best possible way um, based on, on what their hormones are doing. So there, we're going to get into all of this and I don't want to tease it too much, but I've been using it. I've been loving it. I have been noticing that I am ebbing and flowing with my body's natural rhythms better. I'm able to tune in and listen to my body and it makes sense now when it's like, I'm not feeling a super high intensity workout or when I'm feeling more like resting, or if I'm a little bit hungry or if, I ha if I'm having crazy cravings, I can look at what phase of the cycle I'm in, what my hormones are doing, and it clicks. It's like, oh, that's why. That makes sense. This is what's going to best support me. So 
We're going to go into this episode, but before we do, I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about Maddie. She's an integrative health practitioner that specializes in women's hormonal health and the founder of Peace Love Hormones, a wellness brand with the mission to empower women to take control of their menstrual health through education and top quality functional supplements. And in fact, by the time this podcast is released, Maddie's all-natural herbal supplement, Soothe, will have launched just a few days prior, which is so exciting. It's a blend of Chinese and Native American herbs that have been proven to help in balancing a female's menstrual cycle to balance hormones and prevent the onset of PMS symptoms, which so many women struggle with and do not need to be the norm, should not be the norm to have these crazy intense PMS symptoms. So this supplement comes from one of the only four FDA-regulated labs in the country. It's clinically dosed, GMP-certified, vegan, and gluten-free. And if you go to the maddiemiles.com, you'll be able to find it, check it out, get it. I'm definitely going to go there um, and, and check it out myself. So real quick, as always, we would love for you to pause the episode, rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already, because that is I know we say it every time, but it is the number one way that we grow. It's how we bring on more incredible guests like Maddie. It's really how we keep this moving along. And so it means more than you than you know to us. So if you have that moment, please go do that. And we thank you so much. And then we are going to start this conversation and we can't wait to hear what you think. Definitely reach out if you have any questions or if there's any other topics in the realm of hormones or health that you want to hear more about because we are always open and love to hear your feedback and suggestions. All right, let's go. Hello. Hey Maddie, how's it going? Hello, I am doing fabulous. How are you? Wonderful. How is life over in Austin? That's a part of the country I've never been to, but it's on my bucket list. Oh my goodness. I believe everyone needs some Austin in their life, whether they live here for a little bit or they just come and visit. It's truly a magical city. I call it like, not just me, everyone calls it a burning man city. (laughs) So Ah. it's super hippie and all, you know, natural medicine. And it's beautiful over here. I love it. I love the weather, the people, um, the music, the food, you name it. I love it. (laughs) It sounds honestly just right up my alley because I'm, I'm originally, well, I don't, I wouldn't say from, but I lived in Portland, Oregon for a long time. And they always say that Austin is a sister, sister city to Portland. Yeah, that's so funny. I was actually just in Portland last weekend, and we were just there for a super short bachelorette trip for my uh, for one of my sisters, and it was super cool. I didn't really get to explore like all the cool parts of Aust- or of Portland, but I've heard the same thing that Portland and Austin are like the same, except for it's sunnier in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'll stay totally. With the sunnier. Yeah, I'm I'll like- stay with the sunnier, please. Austin sounds like it's right up. Yeah, it's better better for me. That's why I moved to Southern California. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. You crave the sun. I like thrive off the sun. Um, yes. All my friends check in on me during rainy days. They're like, are you hanging in there? <laughs> I'm well, like, I'm same. Good. I know, I'm a little lizard. I always go out and have my mindful meal every day in the sun, which is something that I we should that. talk about mm-hmm. um, during this interview. The importance of slowing down when you eat and vitamin D and, and all of that good stuff. We will talk about everything. (laughs) Okay. All right. So before we get into the millions of questions that I have for you, like literally a million. (laughs) So obviously we won't get to all of them, but I just wanted to let you know that I've been binge listening to your podcast, Peace Love Hormones, and I love every episode. I've learned so much. Um, I think I shared with you before, but this is actually an area, cycle syncing is an area that I'm studying myself and wanting to specialize in down the line. So I'm just absorbing everything I can. And your podcast is hands down one of my favorites. Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet for saying that. And it truly makes my day to like hear feedback like that, because as you know, it takes a lot of time and effort to you know, just like the prep work going into podcasts and then actually recording it and then editing it. There's a lot that goes into it. And ever since starting my own podcast, I have so much more respect for people who do podcasts because I've always been a podcast listener. I love listening to podcasts. Never thought twice about how much work and effort went into it until doing it myself. And I mean, that being said, it brings me so much joy. Hence why I do it. I'm a firm believer in like only do the things that bring you joy. Um, Obviously, there are some things that we just have to do (laughs) that may not bring us the most joy. 
Illinois finances. Um, but (laughs) you know, I really love, I love doing, um, my podcast and the whole goal of it is just to educate people, you know, because I am, I do have a virtual private practice. However, I can't help every single woman out there, you know, and through like podcast, it's really easy to just like put out this information to the mass, the masses and, you know, really help people as much as I can. And then if they need further help and guidance, then they can, you know, book with me one-on-one. But I think the podcast is a great way to just like get out important information and, you know, talk about it for an hour or even more than that. And just give it to people. They can listen to it whenever they're ready to, you know, and they can re-listen to it over and over again. That's what I love too, is you can re-listen, you can take notes. I feel like even if you just, I always say, even if you just pull one golden nugget that really Mm -hmm. impacts you (laughs) and that you carry with you for your life or for that month or whatever, that was worth it. And you may go back and re-listen five times and pull four more golden nuggets. And that's amazing. Totally. I'm laughing over here because like I've listened to a couple of episodes, um, of other people's podcasts over this last week. And the one thing that I took away was, well, I'm really not present right now and I'm exhausted (laughs) because (laughs) I couldn't like retain anything that I was listening to. And so, yeah, that's the great thing about podcasts though, is you just go and re-listen to it and you're like, Oh, okay. I noticed you know, yeah. a lot more this time around. <laughs> yeah. And that also, I think it's so important for people to know what, why are you so passionate about hormones and specifically cycle thinking? And for those yeah. who don't know, I'm, I want you to explain what cycle thinking is, but just to kind of start out, why are you so impassioned by this subject matter? Yeah, that's so that's a great question. I am very passionate about it because I really went through the ringer with my own health. Um, So, you know, going back to when I was even in fifth grade, I was, you know, seeing therapists and specialists for insomnia and depression and anxiety, which then turned into anorexia on and off for six years of my life and in and out of different hospitalization programs. And amidst all of that, I was also put on hormonal birth control um, again, not knowing, you know, what the pill did. Um, I actually was falsely promised that I would get a period on the pill, which I obviously, Mm. I didn't have a period up until that point. Um, and still wasn't because anyone who follows my work knows that the bleed that we get, if you even get a bleed while you're on hormonal birth control is not actually your period. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't have a period at the time because I was sick with an eating disorder during my key reproductive, um, growth years. And I just, didn't, I never got my period. And then I was put on birth control, which completely ruined my chance of ever getting that period back once I recovered from my eating disorder, which I of course eventually did. Um, and so, I mean, I, I was put on birth control and I still didn't feel well. I mean, yeah, I was weight restored and, you know, um, a lot of my, uh, like the poor body image and disordered eating habits, they definitely subsided a lot, but I still kind of felt stuck is how I describe it, um, for all of college. So for undergrad, for those four years, I still felt pretty stuck. Um, you know, I was still having sleeping issues and I was prescribed Ambien and other really hard drugs to get me to sleep every night. Um, I went through a phase where I was having such bad panic attacks. I was sent in to the ER because I, I truly thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know mm. like that what a panic attack was and didn't know it felt like it could feel yeah. like that. And so, you know, then I was prescribed Xanax and, you know, I was just put on all of these pharmaceuticals. It was never like, a, hmm, are you meditating or are you, what is your diet? Like never was I asked any of those key things that I now ask um, people when I work with them one-on-one, but you know, instead it was just like, Hey, we'll listen to what you're experiencing for about five minutes and we'll match your symptoms up with a pharmaceutical drug. Yep. And you're just going to start taking that. And I always like, I've always questioned authority. That's just a part of my human design. Um, I've always, I'm a, an emotional generator. And so I've always really questioned, um, just everyone and, and different like ideologies and paths. And I always like to create my own path and then go that way. And a lot of the times I fail, but then I know, and I try a different path. And so that's how like my brain has really always worked. And, um, when it came to it, 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 it eventually came to a point where I was like, okay, I still don't feel good. I, I hate taking these, you know, drugs to get me to sleep every night. And even still I'm waking up and I, I'm still exhausted in the morning. I'm not very happy. My libido is low. 
And so I created a new team around me of integrative practitioners. Um, and we just, we finally like healed my body and my mind and we got me off of all of the hard drugs. And the last lingering thing was birth control. And I still like, I didn't really connect birth control to anything because I didn't do any research on it. And, uh, you know, I was more of like in the integrative realm. And so of course I heard, you know, well, birth control is actually pretty bad for women to be taking in both the short term and the long term. And, and me going through, you know, the crappy sex ed that we're all given thought yeah. that like, well, oh my goodness, isn't that the only way to prevent pregnancy? Like I'm staying on the pill. Like if there's one thing that I'm staying on, it's on the pill. And then fast forward about like six months from having that thought, I just randomly woke up one morning and was like, hmm, I wonder how much this pill that I'm taking every single day is affecting my mood, my libido, my sleep, which still was not 100%. Um, and kind of just like a lack of, I wouldn't say lack of ambition because I am type A. And so I was always like, I want to get good grades. I want to like excel at everything I do pretty much. But there wasn't any excitement in it, I would say. I was never like, I never celebrated my successes. I literally felt like a mummy just walking through life every mm. single day. So like no and zest for life. No zest for life. Yeah. I, was in a, I was in a committed relationship, which I, you know, it was really hard for me to, I, I just wasn't the best girlfriend because, you know, birth control me messes with our body's ability to produce oxytocin, which is the love and binding hormone. So, you know, I, I wasn't like able to really connect with my partner on that way. And we stayed together for two years and such an incredible human being. Um, but you know, I really wasn't myself when I was on the pill. And so I finally just started doing research. I started reading books and research studies and listening to podcasts, uh, attending webinars. And I was like, okay, whoa, <laughs> what has, what have I been taking for all these years, you know? And like, how much has this affected me? And I still was a little skeptical because I'm, I'm skeptical of everything um, by nature. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and get off the pill. And I talked to my at the time boyfriend and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, you know, we're going to need to wear condoms for a while while I figure out this whole air quotes, cycle thinking method, whatever that mm -hmm. is. And, you know, I think I'll figure it out, but I just know that I need to get off this pill right now. And, uh, of course he was super, super supportive of it. I told my gynecologist, she was not so supportive of it. I wasn't surprised by that. Um, I was try, I, she tried to convince me to get on the copper IUD mm -hmm. and was like, it's non-hormonal. And I was like, I already knew, you know, the side effects to the copper IUD and one of my best girlfriends had gotten it. And, you know, it's a hit or miss really with the copper ID. I, I would say more women experience issues with it, like extreme bleeding and cramping for like up to six months after insertion. And one of my best girlfriends had that exact experience. And so I was just like, you know what, like from everything that I've researched, it's very possible and easy to just track your cycle. And I think I'm just going to go that route or not track my cycle and just wear condoms all the time. You know, like I just yeah. don't want to deal with all of that. So I hopped off, um, but before I did that, I did not cut cold turkey, even though everything in me wanted to. Um, you know, I'm doing all this research, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I remember calling my mom and just be like, I can't believe I'm still taking this pill every day, you know? And But I really wanted to prep my body because I had been on it for five, almost six years, and it really greatly impacted my gut and my brain and, um, and just everything, you know, my liver. It really was impacting a lot of major um, vital organs in my body. And so I knew I couldn't just like cut cold turkey. So I spent two months seed cycling, cycle syncing. Obviously, I wasn't having a real cycle. So I would sync up with the moon phases and um, really just, you know, to get my body and my mind, because the body and mind are connected, to get them prepped for coming off the pill. And then once we get off the pill, we'll continue to like to sync our cycle. And hopefully it will literally just train the body to start like to kickstart the ovaries, to start producing cervical mucus, um, to start doing those four big hormonal shifts throughout the infradian cycle, which we can, I can explain what the infradian cycle is. Um, it's just our, a woman's 28, 30 day cycle. And it, you know, I, I just did all this prep work beforehand and I came off and like nothing crazy happened right away. Um, but I would say within like two to three weeks, I started to feel like so much better. I was happier. I was sleeping better. Um, I just started to feel alive again and it was incredible. 
And I mean, yeah, I can, I can keep going if you want me to. I don't know. Like I could talk about this forever and I know like you have a lot of questions. So just cut me off whenever you want. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I love this. I think the backstory is so important because I feel like so many women can relate to different aspects of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I work with so many women who are like, I don't, I don't understand why I feel this way. I know this isn't me and, but I'm afraid and I don't want to get pregnant. You know, I'm not ready. I'm afraid that if I come off of the pill, the reason I went on it, maybe to suppress acne, you know, other reasons other than, um, as a, you know, to not have children that people go on the pill for, you know, afraid of that flaring back up, afraid of maybe having heavy, painful periods again. And so just before we go on, I'm just curious what you would say to people that are a little bit afraid of either one, getting pregnant or two, having some of those symptoms flare up. And if they are open to sort of safely transitioning off of the pill, what were some of the steps that you took or that you would recommend people take? Yeah. So, and I did want to touch on, cause you said like, you know, you like me going into my story because people yeah. can relate to different things. And I totally felt the same way. Like I still feel the same way going through podcasts. It's like, you can relate to certain things. And especially when it comes to the pill, most women don't relate. Like I did for many years, I didn't relate my insomnia to the birth control pill, you know, right. and I didn't relate my anxiety, my crippling anxiety to birth control either. So, um, you know, and I think there are just things that we should really be aware of. And I'm not saying like, you're going to get off the pill and you know, everything is going to be magically fixed. Like I still experience anxiety. That's a normal human emotion, especially in the world that we live in today. Um, but it doesn't send me to the ER, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, laying awake every single night and, you know, having to take Ambien to fall asleep. I just fall asleep when I hit the pillow. So, um, I will say, you know, I was very overwhelmed when I was learning about all of this. It was scary. I felt really lied to and betrayed. Um, I was really nervous to get off the pill. I was in a relationship at the time and, you know, we never had sex with condoms. Um, and also like, I'm kind of giggling a little bit because my mom actually had both my older siblings while on birth control because she did not take it properly. And it just really goes to show that, I mean, that was back in what, the eighties. But, um, you're like, when was I born or no, or when were my sisters born? (laughs) Right. I'm like, Hmm. Um, but you know, it just really goes to show that like, whether it is the fertility awareness method, which is natural birth control and tracking your cycle, or it's hormonal birth control, taking the pill, it's always user dependent, the efficacy, you know? And so even with the pill, like, um, if you're not taking the pill correctly, which I still like, there's not even proper instruction on how to take the pill. Cause I remember being told by my doctor, it's okay to miss a day and, you know, take two in one day if you miss one. And that's terrible. Like that's, that's how you get pregnant <laughs> because, you know, mo- I would say most women do not stop the pill and get their period back right away. But there are those women. My mom is one of them who she was not the best at taking her pill. And so she ended up ovulating, you know, and you, the only way that you get pregnant is if you ovulate. So, um, and you fertilize an egg. So it's, yeah, it's just wild. And I do want to just reiterate that over and over again, that the pill, it's really a false sense of security. And once you realize that it's easier to come to terms with coming off of it because you realize like, Oh, like it's actually like me being so in tune with my body and so in tune with my cycle is actually, uh, it's better when it comes to preventing pregnancy or getting pregnant than relying on a pharmaceutical pill. Um, you know, I mean, think about what if there's even like a bad batch one time, you know, like we put a lot of trust in conventional medicine and don't get me wrong. I'm not shaming conventional medicine because I think that it has its time and its place. Um, hence why I studied it as well. And it's a part of integrative medicine, but I think that we jump too soon to the easy quick fixes. Um, and we're promised that, you know, this pill will help all of our problems and really it doesn't help the, the like initial problem that you went in for. And then it creates other problems. So, you know, for me, and this is what I tell the woman that I work with too, it's like, got to weigh out the pros and cons, you know? Yeah, it's scary. And it's going to be a little bit of prep work to know your cycle and to get that regulated and your hormones all regulated. But, you know, how at least I thought of it was, you know, if I keep taking the pill every single day, 
I was just thinking about my gut health and how I'm affecting my gut every single day. I'm affecting my liver. I'm, you know, ruining my chances of a healthy um, pregnancy later on down the line if I can even get pregnant, you know, after using birth control for so long. And so, um, you know, there are a lot, there are so many more negatives that I was just like, I just got to do it. I got to get off the pill. That was the best decision for me personally. And, um, I got off and now I know, and now I'm on the other side. I like to say I'm on the other side and I know that it's, um, it's not hard. It's not scary. Like I literally stick two fingers up my vagina every single day. I feel if my cervix is open or not. Um, I, I like look at my cervical mucus throughout my cycle to see, you know, is it like an egg white is because then I'm, I'm in my fertile phase. Is it sticky and like, like not so egg whitey, then I'm not fertile. Um, is it completely dry? Well, I'm definitely not fertile. So, you know, and then I track my basal body, um, temperature as well. So, you know, I do all of these things. It's so easy. It takes me in total, probably five minutes of my day, if even. And, uh, you know, it just makes so much more sense. Like right now I'm in my luteal phase and I am major, majorly luteal I like to call it. Because I'm in my luteal I, phase too. You are? I just, yes. I'm, I'm towards the end of it. And like that, the luteal energy mixed with, and for all of our listeners, um, the luteal phase is actually the longest phase. It's uh, 14 days on average, if your hormones are all balanced. Um, and actually a, sh- a shorter luteal phase is representation that you have low progesterone. Um, but the luteal phase, uh, your energy definitely starts to taper off towards the end. And that is not your body failing you. Our bodies are very smart. It's actually tapering off because your hormones are, are starting to all lower. Your estrogen and your progesterone, like everything's starting to lower your testosterone. Um, if you didn't get pregnant, if you, you know, fertilized an egg and you're pregnant, then those hormones will continue to pump out to nurture that baby, um, and to nurture that whole process. But if you didn't, your hormones start to drop, which is why you bleed. And so it's like, I'm just laughing at myself right now because I'm still like, even right now, like, I'm like, am I even speaking English? Like I actually started speaking Spanish. I started speaking (laughs) Spanish, um, last night to my boyfriend. Cause I was just like, I'm so tired right now. And for some reason it's easier to speak in Spanish right now. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) I just, I'm, I'm super tired and I, you, I think you know this, um, but my product is releasing in two weeks. So I just have a bunch of stuff going on and, um, yeah, yeah I'm loodling right now. I love that. Loodling. <laughs> the energy is, it's lower. It's this lower and that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's part of what is so empowering about the cycle thinking is that we as women have, yeah, at least in the non-existent sex ed classes that I took or the health classes that I took. And that I think most people had in school, it's like, Oh, you have a period. And that's really the only hormone, like it's either period or menopause. And that's really all you know about when it comes to hormones. Um, maybe some people know about ovulation. I definitely was not taught anything about that in school. Um, I think you really would have to seek that out. And so to know, Oh my gosh, there's these four distinct phases of a menstrual cycle And during each one, our hormones are doing completely different things. And so why on earth would we be eating the same foods, exercising the same way, socializing the same way, when that's counterintuitive, counterproductive a lot of times to what our hormones are actually doing and want us to do. And I think it's amazing for people who have been, you know, restrictive dieting or have been yo-yo dieting or have had an eating disorder in the past, because it's not saying cut out these foods, don't do this, don't do that. It's literally just like, here's what's going to serve and support you better during this phase. And here's permission to take some things off of your plate that are not going to feel so good. And most of it is going to be intuitive anyway, if you really start to listen. And so I think it would be really cool since I know we have a like a certain maybe like 20, 30 more minutes to go into what exactly is cycle thinking. Um, and and I we didn't quite finish the last part of the question with the coming off of birth control, but we can we can do that as well. Oh, We're, yes. um, no, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. There's just so much to talk about that it's easy to jump all over the place. Yes. But I was just gonna say when you're coming off 
birth control, um, there's a few things that you want to do to kind of prep and prime your body mm -hmm. so that you're transitioning gradually, that you're not doing it cold turkey, and then having all of those symptoms pop up that, you know, you really don't want to be feeling. Yeah. Um, so are there just a couple things that you would say or resources for people if they are interested in safely transitioning off of the pill? Totally. Yes. And I'll, I will finish up. I like to finish up the conversation. So, um, yes, with the getting off birth control, I actually have a podcast episode coming out in two weeks and it's about transitioning off the pill and how to do that safely. Perfect. My biggest piece of advice, you know, cause I, I'm a firm believer in bioindividuality when it comes to health. And so it's really hard for me. Like I, I don't give medical advice to anyone who's not my patient. Um, you know, but I will say there are some staples with getting off birth control. And I, you know, one is do not cut cold Turkey. Um, I would really suggest that someone when they're coming off the pill to work with a practitioner who knows, who knows and can support you in this process. I unfortunately did not have anyone to work with until about month five. Um, and I really did everything on my own and that's was kind of my own doing. I was super picky and I, I felt like everyone who I had talked to and interviewed, like they just did it. I knew more than them. And I was like, I need someone yeah. who knows more than me and we can work together and bounce. And I finally found that. And I'm so grateful for her. We like talk all the time, but, um, really work with someone, you know, cause it's a scary transition and, uh, there'll be a lot of people who are going to question you. And I want to prep people for that because again, we live in a society where it's normal to take drugs when you're experiencing an issue, whether it be depression, anxiety, or you don't want to get pregnant. And so, you know, expect people to question you, but don't let that affect you. It's your body. You get to do whatever you want. You know, that's the beauty of living on this earth and, you know, living in this country, you get to do what you want with your body. So, you know, I say, if you do it, commit to it and do it, um, seed cycle and cycle sync for two months beforehand. I have an ebook on my website that really breaks that down. I have two different podcast episodes, um, cycle syncing part one and part two, and I have a seed cycling podcast as well where I get into the science of seed cycling, I would say those are great resources. And, you know, I think a lot of people like to do the research themselves, but also like to have that person to help guide them through. And so, um, you know, whether it be working with one of us or someone else, like, you know, work with someone. And then, you know, an, another principle is like, you need to, and I, I always like hesitate bringing this up because um, the diet industry has really messed up the term detox, um, and has coined it with weight loss. And when I speak of detox, I do not, I'm not speaking of weight loss. I'm not speaking of fad diets. I'm speaking of detoxing your major detoxification pathways because it, they have been greatly impacted by any type of antibiotic or drug or pharmaceutical or alcohol, but especially birth control. So, you know, supporting your liver, because a lot of times when we experience these post-birth control syndrome symptoms or bad PMS, our liver is congested. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and when you also factor in the over 100,000 man-made toxic chemicals we encounter on a daily basis, um, a lot of which mimic estrogen, fake estrogen, um, they're called xenoestrogens. It's it's wild. It's mind-boggling. And it's like, why aren't we talking about detoxing in the correct form? Ancient, you know, methods of detoxing your body. And so I actually have I have another podcast episode. I don't know if you listened to the one on like coffee enemas, but that, you I know, haven't listened supports, to that one yet. That one supports your liver. Um, I really get into the science behind that, how to do that safely. Um, and you know, I have uh supplement recommendations for like a good liver support that supports phases one and two. I'm very particular with supplements. Um, it's like the wild west, like anyone can totally. pretty much create a supplement. And so you have to be super careful with where you're sourcing it from, making sure that you are not buying it from Amazon. You're not buying it from just like your local drugstore, making sure that you're buying it straight from a practitioner or from a functional medicine company, um, like myself and peace love hormones. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really just, you know, supporting your liver and your major detoxification pathways right when you come off the pill. And then I would say every three months post pill um, for at least a year. So doing just a nice little functional medicine detox and taking the right supplements um, to really help your body just move everything out of there. Because if it becomes toxic, it will start to show in your skin via acne um, or in your digestion via bloating and gas and diarrhea or constipation. 
So, um, you know, there are a lot of things that can go awry if you do not prep your body before coming off any type of drug. Um, and so, you know, making sure that you do your research and, uh, working with someone who you trust to like safely get off of that. Um, and I don't mean, mean to make it sound scary. It's not supposed to be scary. It's just like, we should just be informed, you know, because I have had girls come to me after they've already cut cold Turkey and we kind of have to like go backwards a little bit, you know, because you can't undo that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they come to me around that month four, which around month four is when, three or fours. And we typically start to see those post birth control syndrome symptoms. And, uh, and then they're, they're, you know, freaking out because they're an adult and they have back acne. And, um, you know, we have to go, we have to go backwards a little bit because we didn't do the prep work. So, uh, you know, I think prep work is insanely beneficial and, um, so worth it too. You know, like I was super anxious, anxious, um, and antsy to get off the pill, but I was like, okay, I've been on for six years. What's another two months, <laughs> you know? Um, Truly. like I'll just, yeah, I'll just be on it for another two months. So I'm like, prepped to the max. And, uh, that's what I did. And I, it worked, it worked well. Yeah. I love, I love a lot of what you said. And I think it's just really, really important for women to know that first of all, you're not alone in this process. There are amazing resources like Maddie, like functional medicine doctors, you know, there are books out there. There's ways to really empower yourself and support yourself. And it's a really exciting time because you're going to start to actually get so much more in tuned with your own body, its signals, and to just feel, start to feel like yourself again. And your ovaries are waking back up, which is so incredible after being asleep for however many years you've been on the pill. And, um, so to kind of dive into, you know, once you've transitioned off of the pill and, you know, you're, you, maybe you're getting your period back. If you didn't have one, um, well, obviously you didn't have a real period if you were on the pill, but you're getting a natural period back and your cycles are starting to regulate and you're really interested in doing this cycle thinking method. Um, what is the first step? And well, I guess just what is cycle thinking? We've kind of, we've dodged around it. And I think a lot of people do, uh, that are listening to this podcast probably have an understanding, but I think it's actually surprising how many people have never heard of the term. Um, just because I don't think it's, I truly don't think it's like fully out there yet. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so cycle thinking, and you actually explained it really well earlier. I was like, my heart was lighting on fire, but, um, cycle thinking it's, you know, the purpose of cycle thinking is to maximize your hormonal power and how you described it earlier. Um, our hormones are fluctuating, uh, dramatically throughout the month and our brain even changes by 25% throughout our cycle. And so, um, us women, we have both the circadian rhythm, which is our normal 24 hour clock, you know, our wake and our sleep schedule. But then we also have, um, our infradian rhythm, which is our 28 to 30 day, um, menstrual cycle. And so with this, we go through four phases, which we, um, distinguish as the menstrual phase, which is the bleed. <clears throat> then it's followed by the follicular phase followed by the ovulatory phase, which is our fertile phase. The only time of our cycle in which we are fertile. And then the last phase, which we were talking about earlier, is the luteal phase. It's the longest phase, and that um, leads up to menstruation, which is the first phase, and it starts all over again. Um, and so, you know, with these unique hormonal shifts and these brain shifts, we our, our body requires different nutrients throughout the month in order to um, make up for, you know, what we're lacking in because of our hormones. Um, you know, and another great example is like during the luteal and the menstrual phase, our body actually requires more food, but our hormones are lower and we don't have as much energy. So this is the time because our resting cortisol rate is actually higher during this time, we need more fuel on average, about 279 more calories during these two phases. And, um, we need to work out less. And so it's really beautiful when you start to adopt the cycle thinking method and you give yourself this permission to rest and to fuel your body because we live in a society that tells us the exact opposite on a daily basis. It tells mm-hmm. us to diet, which is not fueling our body. And it tells us to wake up at five in the morning and go crush ourselves through a berries workout, which is not ideal for the average woman. Um, <clears throat> 
And so the cycle syncing method, it really is just, it's tailoring your entire life. It, it's tailoring your, your foods and your exercise, even your social and business life around your cycle. I know not everyone can, you know, tailor their business life around their cycle if they're not an entrepreneur and doing their own run in the show. Um, but you know, like for me, everyone who works for me, they, they don't really work during their menstrual phase. Um, just because I that's, love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, we needed to update some labeling last week and everyone was kind of like, what, what is Gina doing? And I was like, she's in her menstrual. It's not, you know, let's let her be. <laughs> um, Leave her alone, but on Monday, I'll ask her. Um, so yeah, it's really just, it's tailoring your life around and, you know, there's so much that goes into cycle syncing and that's why I created the ebook that I have because it really just takes everything that you need to know. Um, cause I did, I've done hours and hours of research on it and I still do every single day just to make sure everything's good and updated and nothing new has come out. And, uh, you know, I think that book is just a great way to like, it's like, okay, 25 pages of just, this is all the information I need to know, the food charts, the grocery list, some recipes, um, and all that jazz. But if people want to know even more of like the actual science and nerdiness, I get super nerdy in my two part series on my podcast about it. Just exactly what happens to your hormones during each of the phases. Um, you know, the estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and even like your luteinizing hormones and your follicle stimulating hormone. I really get into like all of the nerdiness. So fair warning. And if any, if anyone's like, that is so boring. I don't want to hear that. I just want to know what foods to be eating or what exercises to be doing. Um, that's the more the second episode of that series where I talk about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, cycle syncing is it's huge. It's massive. I mean, the most successful woman entrepreneurs, they sync their life around their cycle because mm -hmm. why would we work ourselves so hard when we don't have energy? Our work is going to be crap, you know? Yeah. It's, it's insane. The pressure that we put on ourselves to like, there's all these messages that you got to hustle harder and every day needs to be the same. And you got to have this routine where you get up at the same time, which I will say getting up at the same time is helpful for your circadian rhythm, but, um, where you, you know, but if you need to sleep, it's like, maybe you look at that. Okay. You're in your menstrual phase. Maybe hitting the snooze alarm and sleeping for an extra hour is going to benefit me more than forcing myself to the same workout that I totally. would do during the other phases. So, and yeah. And to bounce off that, you know, um, a lot of times, like I, again, like I feel like I need to work out first thing in the morning because that's what society says to do. But, uh, it's only during my follicular and my ovulatory phase. Can I really handle doing an early morning workout? My other, the other two phases, the luteal and the menstrual, well, menstrual, I don't even work out at all, but the luteal, yeah. I can't really get myself that energy to work out until later in the morning or even like the afternoons are the best. I don't really think anyone should be working out past 5 PM because that spikes your cortisol too much and can throw off your sleep cycle. But, yeah. um, you know, later in the morning or like right around lunchtime has been like really good because I just wake up tired. Like I don't want to do that in my luteal phase. My mm -hmm. body's like literally don't. And you can also turn on fat storage hormones if you push your body too hard. So, you know, I have a lot of women that come in and go, you know, I, I want, I don't want to gain weight though. And I'm like, look, if that's your motivator, which it always saddens my heart, but I'm like, if that's your motivator is body image and uh, body transformation, you still should be cycle syncing. The U S women's soccer team cycle syncs. And they yeah. train based on their cycle. So, you know, resting when we're supposed to be resting is not going to make you gain weight. If anything, it's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to make you feel a lot better and probably look better too. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that so often a lot of women that I work with too are coming to me saying, you know, I do hit training five, six times a week and nothing is changing. If anything, I'm putting on weight. And it's like your cortisol levels are so elevated that you're actually holding on to the very fat that you're working so hard to lose. Mm -hmm. And you could be chilling on the beach with a nice little green juice and eating <laughs> a delicious like fish tacos and be potentially, you know, reaching your goals faster. But, um, and, and you know, it's, it's, reimagining those goals and what they look like and trying to get away, I think, so much from this obsession with body image and mm -hmm. focusing more on how we want to feel. And, you know, when you take steps from a place of how you want to feel versus how you want to look, then, you know, 
things start to fall in place and you just start to feel better. And maybe you do drop a little bit of weight that you were holding on to, but it's not because your goal was weight loss. It was because your goal was a feeling, you know, of energy or, you know, zest for life or clearing up your skin, whatever, whatever those. Yeah. And I would actually love to say that just made me think of something that I don't think I've ever brought up in a podcast episode. So thank you for allowing me to think of this, but you know, I, I struggled with that for a long time because obviously there was a point even post eating disorder where I was definitely, I had like a six, eight pack and I was super muscular and I had like no body fat. And, uh, you know, I had, I felt like my identity was sort of attached to that. And, you know, it was really hard for me to lose that. But then I was like, do I, yeah, I may look like that, but I don't sleep well. I have no libido. My friendships and relationships are shit. And is it really worth it? Like, my hair's falling out. Like my skin is like acting up, you know, is it really worth it? At what cost? Just to be right. And, and then I, you know, I just bit the bullet and, you know, like I, it's funny cause I, I haven't even like really, my body hasn't changed that much, but it definitely looks happier. It looks mm. loved and nourished. My skin is glowing. I've never heard so many people tell me that I am glowing since getting off the pill, you know, and getting off the pill and really just allowing myself to like, I took a months off of hard exercise. I still don't even hard exercise. And actually you can see my arm is in a cast. I broke my wrist a couple weeks ago and, you know, (laughs) through any stressful event, whether it be physical or emotional, I really don't work out hard. I just do yoga and walking because my cortisol is already high. I don't need to, you know, raise my cortisol anymore, you know, with an intense workout. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really like, what are the costs? Like, like who cares if you have a six pack, if you have no friends and you don't have a good relationship because you have no libido, you know, it's like at what cost? Um, yeah. and, and you're going I out feel- to, Oh, I was just gonna say, and you're going out to restaurants and obsessing over what you're going to order and not right. being able to be present with your friends and enjoy that, that oxytocin connection too, which oh benefits us so yeah. much more than that obsession. Yeah, no, it's, it's so much better. It's so freeing, you know, and I thought I was recovered from my eating disorder for a long time. And the birth control was really the last step because it allowed me to just get my cycle back, get everything back, get more in tune with my, you know, divine feminine energy. Cause I'd been in such masculine energy for so long. And so I really like to help women tap into that too, because, you know, we all are stuck in this fight or flight um, sympathetic mode, masculine mode, and to really just step back and tap into that feminine and to go, Oh, I'm in my menstrual phase. So I'm not going to work out hard. And it's as simple as that. And I'm going to include some foods such as kidney beans and, um, and seaweed to remineralize my body because my body's being depleted of all of these minerals from the bleed and really just tuning into what you need to do that day specifically, because it's different every day to make yourself feel better. And then you don't experience all of those, you know, crazy mood shifts and the lack of sleep, um, and the, the acne and all of that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just really quick. And I, I think, I, I thank you so much for sharing your story because again, it's so relatable and you're living, breathing proof that you can, listen to your body. You can come off of the birth control pill and lead a happier, healthier, more abundant lifestyle that feels so much more like you at your core. That's truly more authentically who you always were, but maybe weren't able to express because of your hormones being suppressed. So I'm very, very grateful to you for sharing. And I think it would be also really helpful if we can just kind of go through like, okay, so we have the menstrual phase to start. And at this point, you know, all your hormones are at their lowest as you, as you pointed to, but what is like, you know, really quick, like a couple of foods, um, couple forms of exercise and a couple forms of self-care that you think would be really beneficial during this time. Sure. So menstrual, um, I love making like a good hearty chili with like kidney beans. Um, I love making ramen as well. And I include a lot of seaweed in it. Um, and, uh, menstrual phase don't exercise, uh, long walks are my best friend and restorative yin yoga and really just like not making a lot of social plans. This is the time to rest. 
yeah. follicular phase, your energy starts to increase. Um, so, you know, you can do a little bit more cardio if that's your jam. If that's not your jam, don't do cardio because there's no reason to do something you don't like. And uh, your energy starts to increase in terms of business. It's like, let's plan things out for the next month because you're in this creative, imaginative phase and your, um, how your brain is structured. <clears throat> the, you're able to plan things out better. So whether that's like social events or trips or stuff for business, this is the time to plan and get creative. I love to plan mm -hmm. out content during this phase. Um, foods, my favorite food is oatmeal <laughs> during this phase. Um, okay. Yeah, the follicular is like oatmeal. We have avocados, um, asparagus. I mean, there are a lot of foods for each phase. Um, Why specifically would you say oatmeal for the follicular phase? Um, it's just like a good hearty grain. We need more grains and starches during that phase. Um, whereas like the ovulatory phase, we don't need as many grain. You still need carbs. I need to preface with that. Like you always need carbs, but you also have a lot of uh, energy because of how your hormones are. They're all at their highest. They're at their peak during the ovulatory phase, which is following the follicular phase. So you don't need all of the starches, you know, because yeah. Carbs are fuel and you don't need as much. Um, but during the follicular phase, you uh, can still be eating those grains and starches that, that carry over kind of from the menstrual phase. And then the ovulatory phase, the ovulatory phase, I, I always joke with like my girlfriends in this space of like, kind of sucks when it comes to food. But um, I mean, <laughs> I really like figs and figs are great during this phase. Um, I eat a lot of, I tend to eat a lot of squash actually during this phase, which a lot of people coin squash with the luteal phase, but squash is also a lighter carb. Um, so mm -hmm. if I have a lot of energy and, you know, I, I love squash in general, flip and love it. <laughs> so I do too. It's I so eat versatile. It all, I eat, and I eat all of these foods throughout the month. I just tend to focus more heavily on certain foods during each of the phases. Like I love bananas. I eat bananas all throughout the month, but bananas are really great to eat during the luteal phase. Um, same thing mm -hmm. with sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are great during the luteal phase. I eat sweet potatoes all throughout my cycle. Um, I just, I put a big emphasis on them during um, the appropriate phase. Mm -hmm. and, and I get creative with them when it comes to recipes. Um, and then, okay, so that was the ovulatory phase. Ovulatory, you do have a lot more energy, so just tap into that. Don't abuse it, though, I always like to say. You know, again, don't do a high-intensity workout if that is going to stress out your body. I don't do high-intensity anymore, um, even during my ovulatory phase. And then uh, luteal phase is... Um, you still have some energy the first week and you can do, you know, whatever exercise feels good for you, but then it will start to taper off. And so I love to say like, do mat work. So do the yoga and the Pilates and the bar, um, and do those type of exercises. You're still a little bit social, but you may want to just kind of be a little bit more inwards in this phase, especially leading up to menstruation. Um, and I like to call it uh, a final note on the luteal phase. It's like the dotting that your eyes and crossing your T's phase. So when it comes to business, that's when I'm really wrapping up projects. Yeah. Um, and that's for the luteal phase. Amazing foods. Got the bananas, all the squash, sweet potatoes, <laughs> all mm -hmm. my favorite foods, dates, cacao, everything. Um, actually, cacao is really good for the ovulatory phase too. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's like a brief overview of the phases. And like I said, I mean, I go into like a lot of the nerdiness in those episodes. It's like, two and a half hours worth of just like, cause it's, I'm not, I can't do it justice in just one. Like it's totally, it's pretty in depth. Um, but it's super cool. And like, you don't need to go that in depth in order for it to be successful. If you just like get my ebook and like, just follow those foods and those exercises, um, you'll start to notice benefits within your, like one or two cycles, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I think what's cool too about what you said earlier is that it doesn't have to be so rigid where you're like, Oh, I can only have these foods during this phase. And I can't have it during these other phases. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole. That's the whole yeah. idea. We don't, we don't want to get into that all or nothing place or make this something that then feels restrictive or that you have to stick to perfectly. It's more that it's a guide and that all of these foods all of these suggestions can be supportive totally. during any phase, but really just being more intentional about it and, yeah. and sort of knowing, especially when it comes to exercise, well, no wonder I just talked to a client about this today. Well, no wonder, you know, I feel so guilty when my menstrual phase comes around and I cannot work out, you know, I can't, I'm not, 
I'm pulling myself, I'm dragging myself and I'm forcing myself, but I just don't feel good. And then I just get down on myself and it's like, no wonder that's happening. And now I feel empowered not to do that. And, and I think that's really what, what's so awesome about this. It allows you to work with your body instead of against it and to really have flexibility with what you're doing based on what phase you're in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, um, I wanted to ask you how, so if somebody who has a regular cycle wants to start cycle thinking, are there apps that you recommend? Um, I actually don't recommend any apps. (laughs) Um, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's great if you want to use, um, maybe something like natural cycles just to keep track of everything. But I really recommend that because we're not like, we're not like robots, you know? And so things change our cycle drastically, like any type of stressful event. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't use any apps myself because I track it all using my calendars. I make uh, custom calendars and those are in the cycles of the ebook. Um, and I will say like, if you want to use something like natural cycles, or I know some girls use in the flow, I think it's our flow. My app. flow. I my use the flow. my flow app. Yeah. Okay. I really like I've heard, that. Yeah. I've heard women say like they like those and I think it's great to be supplementary. Um, but, to like, to rely on it to tell you when you're going to be ovulating, that's when like a lot of people get those pregnancies that they're like, I was, you know, right. and then they blame it on like the cycle tracking. I'm like, that's not cycle tracking's fault. That's because you relied on an app, which uses like a random mathematical equation. That's like, oh, well, if you ovulated this or had your period on this day, then you're just going to automatically ovulate on that day. And our bodies don't work like that, you know? So, um, really, you know, adopting the fertility awareness method, which I just released a podcast episode on. So you can really track your fertile signs throughout your entire cycle to really know like when you're fertile and when you're going to ovulate that one day. Um, and then if you want to use an app to keep track of, to keep track of everything and have everything in one place. Um, I think the, I know natural cycles does it like allow, it allows you to enter in your temperature for that day, how your cervical fluid was, your mood and any extra notes. So I can actually confirm that that one is good. Um, but I do always just say, cause so many women reach out to me every day asking what app I recommend. And I, I, I don't like recommend any like to use just solely, but to use as supplementary, I think it's great. Yeah. I think just when someone's first getting into it and they're not sure how to figure out, okay, what's, you know, my menstrual phase is more obvious because it's like, I'm bleeding now I'm not bleeding. And then, okay. So now I'm going into the follicular follicular phase, but then sort of, you know, how would someone know how to transition, you know, that they're now in the ovulatory phase, that's going to be to your point, basal body temperature, Mm -hmm. but then also some of these other signs like tracking your cervical fluid, which I know we don't have enough time to get into, but of those methods, what do you feel like is the most accurate for someone trying to figure out what day their ovulation is? Um, there, uh, all of them, all of them for sure. Um, your basal body temperature is the only one that can really tell you if you've ovulated because of that extreme, um, like the dip and the rise in your temperature. Uh, your cervical fluid lets you know when you're leading up to it. And um, your cervical position lets you know if your cervix is actually open or not that one day. So you like you need all three, you know, because like the cervical yeah. fluid lets you know when it's going to like leading up to it. The actual opening of it is like, okay, it's, it's open right now. I'm actually fertile. I'm like ovulating right now today. And then the temperature that lets you know it's already happened. And then a lot of women use ovulation strips as well. I actually have not used ovulation strips myself. Um, so I can't really speak to that, but, uh, they use that as well. So they use all four and, Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you track it, whether it be in your iPhone notes or you want to pay for an app to track it or use calendars yourself. It's yeah, you just track it, keep track of how you're feeling. And okay. And then if someone does not have a regular period, how can they do cycle thinking? Cause you said um, that you'll have people do it, you know, that are trying to get their periods back. Yes. Uh, just do it with the moon phases. So the full moon is the ovulatory phase and new moon is menstrual. Um, and that's just, it's an easy way. It's not, uh, you know, it, you don't have to be as stressed out about it just because you're not tracking any of your fertile signs really. Cause you're not, um, ovulating, but just, yeah, sync up with the moon and seek our seed cycle, um, with the moon phases and yeah, try to do everything that way. Awesome. Yeah. And seed cycling is another thing that we don't have time to get into right now, but 
It's an amazing supportive tool for balancing your hormones, trying to regain regular cycles, uh, minimizing some of those PMS symptoms. And Maddie has, you have a whole podcast episode on seed cycling too. So I think that would be a great one for people to listen to. There's also companies that grind the seeds for you so you don't have to Mm -hmm. do it yourself. Um, If this all sounds like gibberish to you, if you're listening right now, don't worry. There's all that information in her podcast. And there's also a lot of resources out there about it too. So, yes, um, so how many. can, yeah, how can people um, find you, listen to your podcast? I know you kind of mentioned it throughout, yeah. but all of the things so that people yeah. can get going on this. People can find me at the Maddie Miles on Instagram. Um, my brand, my company's name is Peace Love Hormones, and uh, that's actually you can find me on uh, Spotify and on iTunes podcast or Apple podcast. Um, Peace Love Hormones by the Maddie Miles, and all the links are to my website, to TikTok. Every all links are in my Instagram, so I think that's a good hub. Like, just go follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, if you've listened to this podcast episode, share it and tag us both, and then I'll be able to see and we can connect. more more and yeah that's definitely go check out her reels I love your reels <laughs> on Instagram you're gonna learn Thank so you. much just by checking out those reels and reading the posts <laughs> and it truly is just such a fun way to get more connected with your body it honestly is like a game and it's fun and it's colorful and it's exciting and it gives you things to talk about and it connects you more with your friends and your partner and it just really does help you to just live more in alignment with who you are. So um, I'm just so grateful to you for, for making the time today. And I can't wait to continue following, following along on your podcast and for the listeners to start learning more about all of this greatness. Of course. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. Bye. We hope that you feel extra inspired after that episode to just start getting a little bit more in tuned with your unique body. Maybe that's by tracking your cycle or even just starting to get familiar with the different phases of your cycle and maybe incorporating like one or two foods um, into each phase or trying a different form of movement that's going to be supportive for you. I think it really comes down to just one action step at a time, you know, slow and steady, but that is going to make such a big difference. And obviously following Maddie and consuming her content and learning from her will also be really helpful. And I will also be sharing a lot more on this topic via uh, my Instagram, Body Blessed by Jess, and obviously on this podcast. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to take a screenshot and tag us at solo 2.0 podcast on Instagram, and we will be sure to share it. And then as always, if you can take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe, that would be amazing. So remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight, so be patient and kind with yourself and good things will come. See you next time.